Today's episode is brought to you by Canvas. Do you know how long it takes you to measure and model an as-built? Probably more time than you'd like. Canvas replaces hours of manual measuring with a few minutes of scanning with your iPhone or iPad. And Canvas eliminates the hours, if not days, of taking your measurements and turning them into a 3D as-built or 2D floor plan, all for pennies per square foot. You can try Canvas for free and download it at www.canvas.io and make sure to use promo code BF23. That's www.canvas.io and promo code BF23. All right, now back to the show. Hey, I'm Spencer Powell, and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey, and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Alex Minabu of All Things Good. Alex and his company, they focus on home performance and efficiency. And so it was really interesting to dive into that whole aspect of his journey, their company's journey through efficiency and home performance. So let's dive into today's show with Alex. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Give us a little bit of context. I guess, who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? My name is Alex Minabo. My company is All Things Good, Inc. And we're based in the Bay Area. We're in Richmond, the East Bay of the wonderful San Francisco Bay. Right on. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, when did the company get started? It would have been March 15th, 2015. So eight years ago. Okay, right on. Yeah, what prompted you to to get everything up and running? I had been working for a couple other companies doing similar things. Essentially, I I like to work on the energy side of housing and building and everybody's always, you know, into the countertops and into the other stuff, but then they have, you know, they have they have those regrets. They're like, "Oh, my kitchen isn't the same temperature as this and, you know, that kind of stuff." And I felt like there was a big opportunity in that. And I worked for several other companies, HVAC companies, insulation companies before and then just never really found like I could find a home. I didn't really want to run my own thing, but I didn't feel like I could grow and do the quality work. Like we either were growing and like quality went down, you know, or we were growing, you know, or, or not, you know, so much growing and, you know, not helping that many people. So anyway, I've got my own thing started in order to be able to try to have, you know, a balance of both worlds. And you find out that the reality is it's tough. it sure is yeah well i'm curious what was the the first year like you know you had come from a couple other places and then starting your own thing that's it's totally different well you know the first year or two you know i actually took kind of i I took it kind of easy i didn't go i was self-performing a lot of work with help from like three or four other people 
because of the background, I was still able to find larger jobs. So I wasn't having to piecemeal three, four, five thousand dollar jobs. I was getting, you know, the heating system, redoing the attic, putting in a storage platform, putting in a, you know, like doing doing as much as we could and, you know, whatever's whatever opportunity there there is. And most of the people that call call with a lot of opportunities, basically. And so even if we're doing thirty thousand bucks, there might be another thirty or forty to do shortly after but that gets everything you know in in the good shape and uh, so anyway i was really experimenting with self-performing and trying to figure out what could actually be like a really good system to install and maintain quality because california has these hers tests and these leakage tests and all of these things that are supposed to ensure quality but you know really at the end of the day if if things don't work for a homeowner you know and things aren't balanced anyway it's just like it's it's uh, it's all cool on paper you know, mm. but then the reality doesn't always necessarily line up. And that was the struggle that I was having with the other companies too, is it's like, you know, like we get everything to line up how it should according to the model. And then there's still like whatever complaint. Right. So anyway, I feel like I spent the like two years just kind of, you know, I had a lot of clients that essentially weren't happy at the other companies too. you know, kind of just ha- handled them. And then brought on a good friend who has been working with me since so it's been a good five-year relationship but he was working for a couple other companies while i was you know figuring these things out i would say essentially it's an eight-year company but it's a five-year me in the driver's seat having people on the ground you know switching that role versus being in the you know being on the ground and you know trying to get things done and all of this was through I mean, it's just been good times in the economy, like, like the, you know, like the whole time, you know, it's, it's been, you know, well, anyway, we we're coming out of the, you know, the slump basically. And then things just got like more and more exciting. And I feel like it, you know, it's finally catching up again. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of had a first year that was the first few and then another first year kind of when you brought, brought the partner on. Yeah. I, I guess I'm curious, like the first few years when you're kind of, you said you went slow, but you're trying to like figure out what the the right solution was, you know, did you have any like aha moments through that period? Well, yeah, the communication was absolutely key and, you know, and the, and the trouble is, you know, with scaling basically, well, well, the trouble with being a homeowner or being the, the business owner is you're always trying to like duplicate yourself. Right. And then, you know, train people to either do some component of it, the people that do the work it's very rare that they're incredibly personable as also, right? Otherwise they're in a service industry, right? Which is a lot, a lot cleaner and you get the right person in front of you. You're getting a great tip, which there's never a tip in construction. Construction is not bad, but it's not. Anyway, long story short is, you know, it's, it's hard to find those people that can actually do both, you know, because we do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I didn't, and we don't do full remodels. I never wanted to take on a full, you know, project manager. I wanted to always have a blend and then, you know, essentially be the, be that personal, you know, personal touch. And we found out how to do that with two other project managers. And I've since had, you know, the, the guy that I mentioned coming on five years, move into a managerial role. And we now have, I think it's nine people in the field and four people in the office. And then the three of us are, you know, do both doing sales and doing project management because those two, honestly, the amount of work to separate those two is, almost not worth it. I've always felt like you should always be able to do sales and move on to the next one, but we're not solar. And because that communication is key and that communication has already happened once and, you know, trying to translate that down the road is difficult where, you know, essentially the sales guys get incentivized to, you know, to essentially get everything 
you know, not just sold, but done and like past mm-hmm. permits and make sure that the customer is like, you know, feeling good about it. The aha moment in all of that was figuring out how to get everybody's buy-in. And it just comes down to like little lunch. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it's like little rewards or whatever, but it's like, Hey, if this all goes well, you know, like take the client out to lunch and buy yourself something good. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, anyway, it's, it's simple, but it's not. Anyway, there's always like some, some issue between the office and the field and, you know, it was always communication related and, you know, one or two lunches and you can solve a lot. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So your model, you basically have sales individuals that are kind of sales slash project management and they kind of work those two, those two things just alongside each other. Yes, that's correct. We have, so our business model is to try to get as much done as we possibly can in as short a time as, you know, as, as possible. So, you know, somebody goes and they're stumbling through the electrification, solar, trying to do the energy efficiency process. They can have, you know, a couple of different levels of an audit and then either get it all done or make stages. And, oh, I, I don't know. I just found that that's such an advantage because essentially people can have their buy-in now or their buy-in later. And if the, the, the interesting about, thing about the, the way that things are tiered is the simple solution now is the most expensive, which is the HVAC. So you can do your insulation, which is really what you should do first. But if you've got 10 grand to spend, you're not going to do a bunch of insulation and be without heat. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. It's a cool little system because essentially you know that you're going to get an upfront, you know, decent sized project and it just makes everything, you know, that much, you know, that much more worthwhile. You know, if it was a bunch of little tiny insulations and, you know, that kind of stuff, I don't think the model would work as well. But yeah, I found it, I found it to work very well that essentially, you know, rather than have a bunch of ha- changes of hands and then meet a couple different people at a couple different stages, they just know that, hey, you know, I feel like there's actually less client questions and it avoids stuff because they feel like, hey, I didn't have to police the next guy to make sure that there was internal communication properly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What do you think is like one of the biggest mistakes you made in the first several years? Not realizing how much of it is personal Hmm. and feeling like I could, you know, use science and like modeling and airflows to tell me everything's right. And the reality is, you know, in the the TV room, they might want it to be two degrees warmer because they're like lounging, you know, and they they don't generate any heat. Right. And then in the kitchen where they're working hard and they're in front of the stove, they don't anyway. So it's like, it's cool what the science tells you when it comes to energy efficiency. But the reality is, is the science, there's a personal factor and that's unpredictable also always. And so you know, the, the quickest way to get things done and get things solved is like, get over there, talk to them, you know, look them in the eye, figure out what needs to be done, you know, let them know why it missed and just make the quick correction. Yeah, that's cool. And so is that part of your upfront process is like room by room trying to like figure out how people live? No, it really, it really depends on what the, what the, what they're looking for. Right. So, you know, again, if they're looking for well, so let's say somebody calls and they already have a great HVAC system, but it's just not doing things right. What we're going to tell them to do is insulation first to make it work less hard and then start to tweak like ductwork and balance, you know, balance things out. Because the, the other thing is that a lot, a lot of times, you know, the, the west side of the house is all glass and, you know, there's a bunch of uninsulated walls, you know, on the other sides and everybody's focused on 
one thing or the other. But the reality is, is that with the sun here and this, that, and the other thing, if there's actually not parts that are missing, like wall insulation, attic insulation, floor insulation, you know, a, a decent air barrier with, you know, like the plumbing, the, you know, like plumbers leave a good two foot by two foot so they can get to the service thing in the future gap. And if you put a little piece of rigid foam with foam around the outside of that, a lot less air moves, everybody's happier. The tub's not cold on their feet when they first step into it. You'd be surprised like the, that little thing, you know, does. And it, it, it's, you know, anyway, I digress. I actually forgot <laughs> what, what exactly the question was, but yeah. no, it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, go, if you go room by room, but I mean, it is amazing when you really go deep in the weeds on some of this stuff, because these impact like every day, sometimes every hour, you know, like some of these situations. And so, yeah, it's, if you get, get a few things right, it can make a big difference in people's just like daily happiness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. So the way, so the reality is, yes, I can definitely get room by room and very granular, but if you're missing some part of the overall system, trying to tweak things before you've got, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, like before you've looked at the overall situation and figured out, oh, that half of the house is like, you know, doing poorly because they insulated over the bats and nothing is, you know, contacting what it's supposed to, or, you know, anyway, there's usually, there's usually some background, you know, basic performance issue before you get into, you know, balancing things out. And, you know, mini splits are kind of like the next big thing, but to be totally frank, kind of feel like that's overkill to like usually what's a building performance problem you know some deficiency in a wall and some drafty doors and windows and they feel like they need a different control in every single room and it's like well no one centralized system and you know a half day of paying attention to where the air is coming from yeah yeah that makes sense has there anything that's really surprised you about being a business owner and making that leap all of it you know, I don't do anything that, <laughs> you know, I don't do anything that I probably would have expected to be doing, you know, yeah. several years ago. I also feel like I'm right on that edge of, of quite a bit of like, you know, like a wave of towards digital everything and, you know, trying to do what we're doing now to actually assess a house where like you'd be the homeowner flipping your phone or, you know, you know, laptop around trying to figure out how to do that. And it's like, you know, that all works, but they only have so much time. And if you don't look at the driveway and the parking and how to get the materials to the actual place, then, you know, how, how does it all, you know, come together? It's not it's basically the amount of like digitization and trying to keep up with that has been, you know, a, a really big, well, source for, of inspiration and kind of like <laughs> try to stay young with it. It's hard to really say the, the industry keeps changing. They keep offering different incentives. The numbers that we just looked at in the, in the, like, by the time that you add everything up with like federal tax credits and there's a tech incentive and then there's already a Bay Ren, you know, it's like something like six or 8,000 bucks. And it's just like, most of that will probably be real, but that's like still a significant, anyway, these things are never right. And they, you know, they're designed to move things forward. And literally those kinds of numbers, I won't be able to keep up with demand. I'm going to have people booked out, you know, into the next year. There aren't enough units, yeah. you, know, you know, right now to put all that stuff in. So, you know, here it is. It's like, hey, I thought I would get into business, you know, worried about quality and just, try, you know, just trying to keep up, keep up quality, more people equals more business, right? But right now is un hopefully unusual still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's rough. 
we, we haven't been able to get certain air conditioning units for almost six months now. And, uh, you know, like there's people, we're in a heating based climate and we thought, we thought we told people, you know, six months ago, Hey, you know what, do your indoor units, do your duct work, go ahead and move forward with this. There's no way we won't be able to get this stuff before heating season starts. Right. Yeah. We still, you know, several order dates have gone by and we just don't know, but that's never happened in, you know, this business's career or any other business's career, even in the last crash, you know, that's, that's just, well, I, I mean, they say chips, they say raw materials, they say a lot of things in six months. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's wild. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. What do you see the next year or two? Because it sounds like demand is there and you're booked out like do you feel like you're going to be able to to grow or is the supply just holding that back i was excited because i finally had we're a mitsubishi dealer and we're using the inverter condensers and compressor platform with a ducted indoor furnace basically our climate zone is not negative 20 outside so we don't have ducts and crawl spaces and attics that are you know fighting freezing and thawing so i just Anyway, there's like a there's a big movement away from duct, right? The, the 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 attractiveness of ductless, all that kind of stuff. But here, it just kind of like it plugs and plays. We have a lot of you know houses that it just it just works with, and there's already an existing you know duct system. And I did kind of marry myself to Mitsubishi, so I feel pretty stuck. And they have been, I, honestly, I don't know, backed up more or less than other people because I haven't been you know shopping around too much. In the world of heat pumps, every single 6,000 BTU, you know, size and output has a different rating by every different company. And so there's like a couple different pairs that are 10, 15, 20% more efficient, depending on what, you know, what they're doing. And so essentially I have a lot of brainy clients coming to me and they're willing to wait and it's putting us in like a pretty tough spot. And not that I want, I mean, I want people to wait and want something better, but you know, I also, I have more gaps in the schedule than, you know, it makes sense for having like as many projects as we have lined up. Yeah. That's the part that I feel like everyone has been talking about is, you know, you can line stuff up and then you feel like you have a backlog, but then you end up with all these weird gaps because the supply chain, you know, just causing all, all those, those problems and delays. And yeah. What do you see for the next like 
several years of your business, like where are you trying to to take it? Like kind of getting out of the weeds of the supply chain and kind of those types of issues, but just more more big picture. Yeah, if I was, yeah, exactly. If you were thinking about things normally, let's see. I would probably scale. We've been in the market for another building for a while, but the market's been so popping off that, and I feel like the one little glimmer of hope I had at trying to get like a warehouse in here was essentially there was like a cannabis boom and then it kind of collapsed as a bunch of other people, you know, anyway. And then, you know, they couldn't afford these inflated rents and a couple places came up for sale. Anyway, it's the Bay Area. It's very difficult to put all that stuff together on a commercial loan. So I wasn't able to. So we, I think our next step would be, you know, a larger location. I got into this industry and in like, you know, in 2008, well, I was doing, you know, construction and just kind of general full construction in Tahoe before. And then when everything crashed, I got into the energy efficiency side because that's what, you know, everybody was being flashed with as like the sexy thing to get us off, you know, Iraq's oil or whatever. And anyway, you know, it, it all just kind of made sense. As far as the next six years, it, you know, we're like I just mentioned, they're already putting the incentives out there that are going to make it crazy and it's it's really just about finding another location and having enough space that hopefully we can like bring in you know larger shipments when things free up i'll probably you know start buying month or two at a time as long as i have enough space so yeah it, it feels like that's really the limitation it normally wouldn't be except for you know this bottleneck on materials yeah yeah that makes sense yeah, hopefully a lot of these things get resolved, but it feels like it's been real slow moving for a while. Got any like crazy client stories or wacky projects that you've worked on over the last several years? I mean, yeah, like all kinds of them. What's funny is I can remember all kinds of good ones, but I'm actually getting sued for my first time in eight years, which is kind of like, you know, they, well, so. I have a mediation and arbitration clause, but they don't want to deal with me. So I'll give a quick background on that in, in a second. So they decided to go to the CSLB and then, you know, make an inquiry with the bond or whatever. And uh, the long story short is we put in a heat pump and did like a whole house situation that went from our side kind of as good as it could have. And the background is that they were doing like a really large remodel at the same time had a contractor lined up that they had done prior projects with. They kind of, you know, communication, they were expecting communis, you know, communication to be easy. They had, you know, they had a relationship with these guys. They had a rapport, you know, if things go right once, good grief, never switch. You know what I mean? Anyway, the guy canceled because it was right at the start, beginning of COVID. And they were like, oh, I found a replacement within like a week. And I was just like, oh, you know, available guys right now, you know, major red flag. Like what's, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on? And she's like, well, he's not actually a general contractor. He's a foreman from another company that got laid off. And I was just like, oh, good grief. And she goes, I'm going to manage the project and, you know, try to take care, you know, take on a lot of this stuff. Anyway, long story short, it was miserable. Like we showed up three times to, you know, to, to do work that, you know, they just weren't, they were like, oh, you're going to be here today. Well, we told the electricians that they were going to be here today. And, you know, now there's going to be six people in, in an attic that's four feet tall. So we got backed up on top of each other. And so anyway, long story short is we executed things kind of as good as we, you know, could have. And after everything is, is done and kind of working, we put the outside unit where it said to on the plans. This is one of those few projects where I'm really not designing and choosing stuff. I'm, you know, following, following and executing what's in the title 24, right? 
So, you know, it's right outside her bedroom. A heat pump runs at night, you know, with an air conditioning unit. And now she hates the noise and she can't run it. And she goes, all right, well, the, the heat pump can't run from basically 8 p.m., you know, to 7 a.m., but I still need it to be nine degrees warm of catch up after all of that, you know, cold period, basically within like 30 minutes. And that's not a heat pump. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, here's your price to move the unit. Here's your price to make these corrections. I'm happy to, you know, work with you on these things. Oh, we paid you more money than we could afford to do this, you know, and, you know, we were supposed to get something and, you know, the project, basically she tried to get a project done and, you know, during COVID. And I actually feel like I've kind of prided myself on not like keeping my prices fairly static, not having them get dragged up by getting dragged through six weeks of waiting for something. Right. So it's like, Hey, you just need to let me like, I'm taking care of you. I'm not going to communicate with you every single week, but as soon as this comes in, we'll be there. We'll take care of you. I need that trust to work. We don't have that handholding capability during COVID or whatever. And she just needed all of that. Yeah. You know, she needed all of that stuff immediate. She needed to be told what was going on because she didn't understand it. And then I know other things ran over and she's balancing the budget on us. You know, it's just one of those ones that's like really rough. I do the client is right. The client is right. The client is right. I'm always happy to go over there and talk about things, you know, nine times out of 10. And this is one of those unique cases that I wasn't willing to do that because the communication actually like deteriorates and it becomes you know, like who can say more in the shorter period of time and then like walk away. And, you know, I was trying to keep everything documented. Email is like really tough. I wish it was a lot funnier, but the long story short (laughs) is, you know, like the funny takeaway though, is I've matured so much. The client is not always right. Sometimes you need to tell them exactly what you're able to supply, which is written into the contract. And I'm sure I've made a couple of personal mistakes as, and, you know, and could have been better, you know, through this whole process. But as that contract is written, we executed it basically. And we had prices to continue to make, you know, changes that would have helped to make it, you know, continue to work. But, you know, the line went dead and then all of a sudden the CSLB is, you know, calling me. So, yeah, oh, man, you know. that's tough. Yeah. But- it is what it is. Like we've done 1300 jobs, 1300 clients, you know, probably way more than that. Cause we work for, you know, other client, you know, contractors also as a sub basically. So those are just the names that I know that are unique in our system. Right. Yeah. And we have this one, this one, one bad situation, not that other jobs haven't gone wrong either, but we've been able to easily, yeah, you can always work. You know, well, if it if it's ours, we correct what's ours, basically. And you know, in a lot of situations, that's a moving target. I designed a, a you know a heating system to run itself on a twenty four hour schedule, right? And if you take twelve hours out of that twenty four hour schedule, it's going to be very difficult for that to do what it needs to do without certain modifications, basically. And you know, anyway, so there's somebody else coming through, you know, charging her. I think it's like 20,000 bucks to probably do exactly what I recommended doing for like 6,000 bucks back in the day, you know? And so I basically said like, you know, take your 6,000 bucks. I'd be happy to pay what I would have done it for. And the difference is the difficult client premium. Yep. (laughs) They, they, I mean, she's not, I know that she's, but they've been out there for an estimate. Right. And she, there's no way that she didn't seize an opportunity to, you know, 
badmouth us a little bit. And if you're any kind of contractor, the only way that that project becomes worth it is, you know, 22,000 bucks to do 5,000 bucks worth of work. And sure, then I'll do it, lady, you know, and you yeah. know, anyway, it, it is what it is. I, I'm trying to find some jokes. And I appreciate having actually a moment to, to vent about it, but it's. No, that's okay. I mean, not, not all of them are, are funny, you know, but I think like, that's a good example of just the reality. You run into individuals that, for whatever reason, they've got a different agenda or they just like were super disappointed with how it played out. And in this case, it sounds like it was their doing, but they, you know, they, when you don't know what you don't know, then you make mistakes. And then if you have an ego about it, you start pointing the finger. It sounds like that's kind of what, what happened. So I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer that it happens, but like you said, you know, one out of 13, like the law of numbers, you're going to bump into this certain people, you know? And stuff. One, one, yeah. One out of 1300. Yeah. But not uh, one out of not one out of thirteen, but one out of 13. sorry, I meant thirteen hundred. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, no problem. But it's yeah. like, you know, you look back and it's like, oh, really? Fractions of a percent? Yeah, exactly. You know? And then you start. I mean, that's but that's again me starting to think like a business owner versus being the project manager that sold her that job, and for sure, you know, feeling terrible that I can't figure out how to bring her back to the, you know, the fold. But I basically just at a certain point, like I, I couldn't communicate with her anymore. And, you know, and I just, I don't know, this world, you know, ghosting is kind of like part of, you know, people go at one point, I think I had a lawyer tell me just block her number. And I'm like, what? That's a thing. You know, like anyway, but that's, you know, part of the part of the world today, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. I feel like, I, yeah, the stories are are endless and they're all over the board, but Alex, if you could wrap us up with one piece of advice or final words of wisdom for other remodelers out there listening. What do you want to leave us with? For lack of anything else, I feel like, you know, communication is key. Just sit down with them and chat about it. If you feel like you did a great job, but they're still feeling like, you know, there's something that they're trying to get out of you. And they're not a person who is, you know, that person that's malicious because those do exist too. You got to weed them out. You know, just make sure that you're available and able to keep up with that stuff. Yeah, good advice. Well, Alex, I appreciate you carving out the time and sharing your story with us today. Cool. Thank you. This is fun. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.